With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented, as always, by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined, as always, by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And Jim, we've got Athletics' Will Guillory on the show today. And uh, we got a big game tonight, actually. It seems like they haven't stopped. It's just back-to-back, and then uh, you get a day off and back at it. Yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of reason to come to the arena based on how well the Pelicans have been playing lately, but I think we've had a pretty good string of opponents, too, as well. I mean, there's been attractive opponents really since the start of the season. Um, It's been a pretty uh, packed arena. People have been pumped. You had even going back to the opener against Utah, which was a disappointing outcome loss in overtime, but the crowd was totally into the game. Um, This game against Boston to me is another, we've talked about this before of, of how it might be the best game in the NBA tonight. It's a little surprising that it's not on ESPN, but they had to put the schedule out in August and didn't obviously didn't know that the Celtics would be on fire right now. Yeah, and we keep Pelicans... getting some weird televised games, and then the ones that I feel like should be televised are not. It's, yeah, it's been an odd TV schedule. Um, but I mean, they have to map these things out in advance a little bit. And but as we go into the game tonight, Boston's won eight in a row, which is the longest winning streak in the NBA active. They have the best record in the league. They're a half game ahead of Milwaukee. Boston's 12-3, and three, Milwaukee's 11-3. and three. The Pelicans actually have the third longest active winning streak right now with three games in a row. Look at that. I mean, part of that kind of shows the parity in the NBA right now where the, things are very unpredictable. There aren't that many teams that have been able to get on a big roll. Um, Sacramento actually has the second longest winning streak right now of five what? games. Really? Yes, Sacramento. They've. I don't know if you've seen this, but they have a – purple laser beam that they shoot off from their arena <laughs> after they win games. And that beam has been getting a lot of activity lately. Say, with... There's not much to do in Sacramento. <laughs> I feel like, so that beam is probably the big draw, <laughs> the big attraction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem is with, if you're a tourist, you can't schedule your, your, your <laughs> being able to see the beam because you yeah. have to wait until a, they play a game and B they have to win the game. Yes. So yeah. I don't know if they do, if they shoot it off for all wins or if it's just home wins, but either way, the uh, the laser beam has been in full force lately, <laughs> and they uh, they won last night actually. Um, but like I said, it's Celtics, Kings, Pelicans, longest winning streaks in the NBA right now. Boston is playing New Orleans tonight. I think it's a uh, it's a really interesting matchup. Both teams are in the top ten in offense and de- or num- Boston's number one in offensive efficiency. The Pelicans are in the top ten in both offense and defense. Boston's kind of middle of the pack defensively, um, which I'm sure will improve. They were elite in that area last season. So, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be fun just to, to see uh, one thing that I noted and one of the things I'm writing today. Pelicans have improved a ton on defense, but tonight is, on paper, the biggest challenge they've had this year. Yeah. This is something that we're going to get into with Will Guillory about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown um, and just all the weapons that Boston has. So I, I'm curious to see. 
just how New Orleans can continue to show the defensive improvement they've already made, but now against what's been the best offense in the league. Well, you just made Todd Graffanini have a heart attack. He was in my office earlier uh, just talking about how he was looking up Boston stats and shaking. So (laughs) I'm trying to talk my man off a ledge before the broadcast tonight. But uh, but look, I, I do think it's going to be a great basketball game, and somebody's streak is going to end. That's a great marquee thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, again, seeing, seeing your stars against their stars, and luckily at home. I think it's going to be a, a fun matchup. It will, and as of right now, Zion Williamson is questionable to play, so hopefully that's, a, that's another star that we do see on the court. Yeah. But uh, by the way, I feel like – talking graph off the ledge is like a full-time job. Like we could have someone that's hired yeah. to just do that. I need 24 an assistant. Seven. Yeah. For that. And I've attempted it a few times before. And I feel like most of the time my heart is in it, but sometimes I'm just like, I can't, I just can't do this. I can't no. accomplish this. So I just give up. No, it'll take something from you. It drains you. Look, tonight's going to be a fun game. He was worried about the Grizzlies game too. Great game, by the way, just saying mm-hmm. some, some, some tough games are fun. Uh, so look, tonight's going to be a fun one. Get into the smoothie King center. If you haven't already, I think there are still some tickets available. So snatch them up, get in there, be loud. Uh, let's get with Will Guillory from the athletic and great tweets. You can follow him at Will Guillory on Twitter. Let's get with Will now. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, you know him from The Athletic, it's Will Guillory. Will, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate y'all for having me on. Will, uh, thought today was a good day to have you on because, I mean, this is a heck of a matchup to me. I think this is a game, the game against Boston is one that people probably had in the back of their minds for a while, but as we come close to... uh, tip-off and as the game approached to me it's gotten even better if you look at the way that Boston has played lately obviously the Pelicans are on a three-game winning streak and have played some really good basketball I mean how much do you look forward to this game tonight and what do you think uh, the atmosphere is going to be like in the Smoothie King Center oh yeah I think it's going to be a great game on Friday night uh, you know one of the best teams in the league you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown arguably you know maybe the best duo in the NBA at least one of the best duos in the NBA that's Always a, a interesting matchup for the Pels because, you know, throughout the years, the Pels have really struggled going against those dynamic wings like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So it's, it's going to be a real test for that defense for guys like Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, to try to limit, you know, what those guys can do because they're so, you know, <laughs> elite in their offensive skills and they can hurt you in so many different ways. So I, I think it's going to be a really uh, interesting challenge for this team for sure. Celtics are on an eight-game winning streak. They have the best record in the NBA. I don't think people across the league are really surprised that they are they have a good record or that they got off to a good start. But, I mean, to be at that level when they went through, obviously, a coaching change, I mean, are you surprised at all at how quickly they've everything's come together with them despite, you know, obviously that's a pretty significant change to have to make during the offseason and in, late in the offseason as well? I mean, yeah, a little bit because, you know, the the story of this season for so many teams has been turmoil, right, and how yeah. off, off the court things has affected, you know, teams like the Lakers, teams like the Nets, we can keep going down the line, and they've been unfazed by the stuff that's been going on with them, and they've had some injuries, you know, Marcus Smart has missed a little bit of time, Brogdon, they obviously haven't had Robert Williams throughout the whole season, and they've just been chugging along, and, and like I said, it's a, a big part of it 
it's Tatum and Brown. Those guys just being a rock, uh, mm-hmm. the foundation of what they do every single night. You could throw Grant Williams in there. Uh, I just think that they're so solid in everything they do. And above all, they are elite offensively. They are, you know, easily the best offensive team in the league uh, when they're locked in. And, again, it's going to be a real challenge for this Pelicans defense to get those stops in half court because this team can hurt, can hurt you in so many different ways. Tatum in particular uh, just finds the matchups that work for him, and he just goes at you every single time. So uh, Herb Jones is the guy I'm looking at tonight to, to see how he matches up against Tatum, how he can force him to take some tough shots because if you can slow Tatum down, uh, then maybe you can have a chance with the, the Celtics, man. They're just so dangerous on offense because uh, they just have so many ways they can they can hurt you with just all the weapons they have. You know, speaking of uh, of defenders, it, it seems like Dyson Daniels has had a little bit, uh, I'm not going to say a, a, a breakout, but he's had an impact in the minutes that he's played. It seems like he's racking up these crazy trophies. He's got, you know, a steal on Luka. He's got, uh, you know, a block on Ja. Uh, it, seeing him out there has been impressive, I think, uh, and it, it, it sort of makes Willie Green's job harder in terms of how he's going to find minutes for Dyson. Uh, I mean, how do you see the impact of him of Trey uh, on this team lately. Uh, Trey obviously going off from three. Um, how do you see them affecting this team, and, and how valuable do you think they're going to be against the Celtics? Yeah, it's wild, man. Whenever I watch Dyson Daniels, it's hard to be, believe that that kid is only 19 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah. The way he embraces the physicality of the game, the way he attacks the boards, the way he can take on different matchups. I mean, in that Memphis game, one possession he was guarding Brandon Clark, the next possession he was guarding John Morant. Uh, I mean, he has so much versatility on that end. And he doesn't care about his shots. You know, he doesn't care about his stats. He, he's fine just playing that that role player role, just getting boards, playing defense, pushing the ball in transition, just doing all the little things. And it's, it's not the type of stuff you see from kids coming in earlier in their careers. They want to make their name. They want to make the highlight plays. You know, Dyson doesn't care about any of that. He just wants to do the, the little stuff to help you win games. And that's why he was such a perfect fit for what this Pals team needed, uh, you know, with that first-round pick. And I, I think it's looking like an excellent selection so far. You know, he's just really getting started. So I think there's no doubt, man, Willie Green has to find a way to get him in the game more often uh, just because he can do so much for you and he doesn't need the ball in his hands. And, and Trey Murphy, I mean, what else can you say about Trigger Trey? I mean, the guy is just knocking down 3 for 30 on a consistent basis, playing with incredible effort on defense, got his first double-double, even though they tried to take it away. He went ahead and stole that last rebound. Yeah, he got he it back. Tenth rebound. He was he was really proud of stealing that last rebound. Uh, I know Josh Hart was somewhere smiling uh, seeing that one. So yeah, I think uh, those two guys and you could throw Herb in there and Jose Alvarado. They're just playing with incredible effort uh, on a defensive end, and I think that's really the story you're seeing a lot in these second halves with the Pelicans is that they're just flying around and they're they're you know communicating on switches. Uh, they're doing a really good job of just staying solid. On defense, and we know that what type of offensive weaponry this team has, but you know when they're able to to, to really lock in on defense and really impact that side of the court, uh, this team could be really dangerous. And you're seeing that more uh, with some of these young guys, which is crazy because you don't usually look to young guys to be your defensive yeah, stars. Right? Usually, all right, yeah. the young guys go do the fun stuff, and then uh, the, the vets come in and we play defense. <laughs> but with this team, it's the young guys who are coming in and really impacting the game defensively. And I think that's what we look. You need to look for again tonight. Herb Jones, Jose, Trey Murphy. Can they really slow down? You know what's been the best offense in the league. It's funny, Will. Um, the way that you talk about Dyson kind of reminds me 
of the way that people describe Herb. I mean, is do we have another Herb on our hands yeah, in terms a herb of clone. a guy who doesn't um, need to need the ball and doesn't really worry about flashy offensive plays and is totally fine with just being content doing the, the dirty work and doing the defensive stuff. Yeah, it's crazy because every time we bring up Dyson, that's the exact comparison Willie Green makes, right? He says yeah. he's just like her with his defensive mentality, with the, the just his calm demeanor. He doesn't get shaken. You know, he doesn't worry about, you know, what the other team's talking trash or anything like that. And it's wild because Herb Jones had a lot of that because he did play four years in college, right? Herb came in as an older rookie. He mm-hmm. saw a lot during his time at Alabama. Dyson Daniels was a 19-year-old kid, played one year in the G League. And he's coming with this kind of, you know, just stoic demeanor, mature uh, outlook. Uh, so, yeah, it's a major steal. And I'm telling you, anytime I can see Willie Green throw out Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, and Dyson Daniels on the court, uh, that's must-see TV. I know uh, <laughs> that maybe that's just the basketball nerd in me coming out. I, I just, oh, man, just getting steals and blocking shots. It's incredible just what those what those guys can do. And the fact you have three different guys like that who can come in and impact the game defensively and allow Zion, B.I., and C.J. to do their thing uh, offense. Man, uh, the, the Pels have something cooking right now with these young guys. And, and that's what you need to do when you have those type of offensive weapons. You need to find defenders to surround them. And the Pels have done a really good job bringing in guys like Herb and Dyson uh, because they're going to be really good on that side of the ball for a long time. Yeah, it's really fun to envision those three guys being all on the court at the same time. And, and it makes me think of, too, of how for this franchise, this team, I mean, people focus so much on offense. And I think that was the issue for a while is that you had a lot of teams that were top 10, top 15 in offense, but were always in the bottom five defensively. So when people look around and wonder, like, how come this team isn't achieving what we thought they could, a lot of times that was the simple answer was just that there's not – enough defense being played. So um, that's that's really nice and really bodes well for the future of the team. Um, you, you talked about Trey Murphy. You know, you're talking about Boston, how there's a lot of different ways that they can hurt you. I was wondering about your thoughts about just how versatile Trey has been. I mean, offensively, a lot of people are going to look and should look at just the fact that he's making 30-footers. But how impressed, impressive has it been just what he's been able to do get, going to the basket lately and just dunking on people? Yeah, no doubt. I think you're spot on with that because I think he's really taken pride in the work he did over the offseason to work on his game off the bounce. Because let's be real, you know, during his rookie season, anytime Trey dribbled the ball more than twice, I was pretty terrified. I was covering my eyes. You didn't know what was going to happen. And now he looks extremely comfortable. There are a lot of times when I'm like, Trey, you could have took that shot. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I would rather Trey take a contested three sometimes, but he feels very confident in his ability to make plays off the bounce. And we know what he can do when he gets close to that rim and jumping up there and dunking on people. He's already got a couple posters this year. So I think that adds a lot to the team because we know Willie Green is all about .5 basketball, making those quick decisions, uh, driving and kicking, paint to great is what he said a million times. And Trey Murphy has really embraced that mentality. And we know he's also hitting the boards. He's playing with great effort on defense. So you're exactly right. He's, he's shooting the ball at a high clip, and he's getting a lot of praise for that. But he's embracing doing a lot of those little things like Dyson, like Herb, uh, being that being that role player who can fit next to big-time offensive players. Because those guys know that their opportunities are going to be limited uh, because of B.I. and Zion are so talented. But what those guys are doing is finding other ways to impact the game. And that's really important for your role players. And I think Trey has done an outstanding job of that. I think he's having a, an incredible season 
you know, off the bench. And obviously he's been starting with Zion out, but I think he's playing really well. And the big thing for him is he's making an impact even when he's not making those three-pointers. And that's the next step in his progression. That's really what you want to see. Well, one thing that's been great to see the last couple of games especially has been C.J. McCollum sort of getting his groove back. Um, you know, he was having, admittedly, you know, he, he talked about it himself, having a tough time you just getting the ball in the hole. And then the last two games, you know, versus Memphis, he scores 30 points. Versus the Bulls, he scores 23 points. And it just seems like he's been everywhere. You know, how nice is that to see? Because it seems like just the whole Pelicans experiment doesn't really work if CJ isn't CJ. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's a different team when he's playing well and when he's making shots in particular. And I think, you know, for CJ, man, he just needed those two nights, uh, you know, over that, that past weekend just to get some sleep. You know, he's yeah. been through a lot through the first, you know, 13 or so games of the season, whether it be the viral infection he was fighting. He had a finger injury. We know he's got a young kid at home. He played in every single game so far this year. We already know how grueling his schedule has been for the Pell. So I just think he was just worn out, you know, from the first month or so of the season. And I think he just needed some time to really catch his breath, get his legs back under him. And, and you saw in these last two games that he's looking like C.J. McCollum again. I think, you know, Willie Green has done a really good job of doing stuff to help him, running him off screens a little bit, not forcing him to make so many plays with the ball in his hands. I think – that's going to be big once Zion's able to get back into the lineup. Having CJ kind of play, play like a Clay Thompson-esque role, you know, running off screens, hitting those pin-down jumpers. And I think that'll get more fluidity within the Pels half-court offense because at times we've seen it be a little bit stagnant. Uh, so, yeah, I think CJ's playing much better, and you see how much more dynamic this team looks once he's making shots. And I think it's just good for him just to get a little bit of rest. You know, that six-game homestand, I think nobody needed it more than CJ. <laughs> he needed yeah, some time. Just to sleep in his own bed. He said he took some codeine to, to, take, to knock that cold out. So, yeah, I think he's feeling much better. He's feeling, you know, just rejuvenated and his, his body's feeling much better. And that's allowing him to play much better on the court. And I think uh, the big thing for Willie Green is once Zion gets back healthy, how can you get those big three, B.I., C.J., and Zion, working and flowing together on offense. And I think a big step that they've taken man, in these past few games is getting C.J. moving off the ball. And I think that's going to free him up, get him some easier shots. And as he draws attention from defenses, we know what Zion can do once he gets downhill. So I think that's going to be something to watch when Zion gets back in the lineup. It's funny, Will. He played really well the last couple games, but so many guys had good nights in the game against Chicago on Wednesday that he didn't even make the the podium list, as we call it, in terms of the guys that are selected to come <laughs> to speak to the group. But he did he did uh, speak for a few minutes at his locker. I can't remember if you were there or not. I think you probably were. Um, he yeah, t- was he there. talked about uh, how he's still going to be able to make shots when he's 50. He's still going to be able to get up and down <laughs> the court. And I, I was wondering, it, it, did, did it seem like to you that, I mean, he felt he was – he felt like he was getting, it seemed like he was starting to get a little bit annoyed with people. And I'm not saying this was you because it wasn't you, but people asking him about um, just the slump that he was gotten off to, to start the season that his, his attitude was more kind of like, you know, I've been in the league for 10, 11 years. If you think that uh, I'm going to do this all season, you, I don't know what you've been watching for the last, <laughs> the last decade, but I mean, did, did you get a sense from him that that was kind of uh he was, he was just kind of at the point where was, he was just, you know, he's happy to have, the two games just to kind of quiet some of the talk that's been going on lately. 
Oh, there's no question. Just being around CJ as much as I have, you know, the past two seasons, there's one thing you know is that CJ doesn't lack confidence ever. He's he's very uh, – he understands his game more than anybody else, and he believes in himself more than anybody else. And the biggest thing is what he always says is he believes in his work. He knows what the work he puts in, and he understands if he keeps putting the work in, if his commitment is the same, he knows the results will follow. And that's where that confidence comes from a lot of the times and I just think you know the funny thing talking to somebody close to CJ before the game I was joking and said hey all it takes is one game for CJ to get right right I, he's got to have Steve one game where those shots go in and the guy told me yeah CJ told me all it's going to take is one game and he's going to have 30 great ones behind it so I think this is well, he's got two down and got 28 more to go <laughs> <laughs> apparently because that's all he needs to have one good game and then he's back rolling and I think you know, that's what you need in one of your leaders, one of your veteran leaders, that, that supreme confidence that, that every time you walk in the gym, I know who I am. I know what type of shots I can make. I know how to get myself going. And I think CJ exudes that every single time he walks into the gym. He, he knows what type of playmaker he is, what type of shot maker he is. And I think having that guy next to, you know, guys like B.I. and Zion who commands so much uh, attention from defenses, uh, the fact that you just have somebody who can have three, four bad games in a row and then come out and be like, hey, guys, what are y'all talking about? I'm fine. I'm C.J. McCollum. <laughs> There's nothing to worry about. And I think CJ's going to be that guy, you know, like you said, until he's 50. He's going to feel like if I'm open, I'm going to knock this shot down, no matter what. If I'm shooting with one eye, if, if one of my fingernails are broken, it doesn't matter. I'm C.J. McCollum. I put in the work, and I'm going to knock down shots. And I think that kind of confidence – rubs off on everybody else in the locker room. Well, appreciate your time, man. Uh, Jim did have one more question, something about uh, Syracuse and, uh, you know, See, I, I tried to avoid program. the BCS. Jim always brings it out of me. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> you know, I didn't – I actually didn't realize that we were going to bring this up on the show. I was – I jokingly, to go behind the scenes a little bit, I jokingly <laughs> texted in the topics that we were going to discuss <laughs> – <laughs> that we were going to have a discussion about how Syracuse is a a superior college basketball program to the UNC Tar Heels. The only get into you know, it. the only thing, the only issue that the only small issue in bringing this up, and like I said, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, Jerry, is that Syracuse Jerry. just lost to Colgate. So <laughs> maybe we can edit out uh, this part of the show and not and no. have this not surface to light because I feel like the time. Obviously, I was joking. <laughs> um, the, the timing of this is not great from an orange perspective. It's not so, great. That's, that's why no, we got to add it. And it's, no. even, it's even worse for you, Jim, because I got some backup now. Shout out to my guy Pete Nance, Larry Nance's little. That's brother. right. You were talking <laughs> to him the other day about four man yep. for North Carolina. Me and Larry were in the locker room talking the other day yep. about Pete Nance coming mm-hmm. in, making an impact on my Tar Heels, the number one team in the nation. I might want to add. So yeah, Jim. I'm not even going to talk to you anymore. I'm going to just stick that Larry Nance on you. Next time <laughs> about, about my Tar Heels. You could deal with him. In the next 15 or 20 minutes, I'm going to have to learn really quickly how to edit a podcast so I can remove this segment from the, the <laughs> no, show. No, Jim's head's been getting too big. Next time you see him, just pull out a tube at Colgate. Just so he knows. He remembers <laughs> what his Syracuse maybe, orange Maybe she'll be the next person Larry puts on a poster. He's got like three already. He's, he's got to add Jim to the list. Well, Will, thanks for your time. Always love your articles for The Athletic. Thanks again for joining the podcast, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. Big thanks to Will Guillory from The Athletic for joining the podcast. Follow him on Twitter while you still can. 
at Will Guillory. Uh, look, tonight is going to be an interesting one. Again, you see, you, you said it before, Clash of the Titans, the unbeatens, some longer than others. Uh, but look, we don't get to brag about winning streaks all that often uh, this this long in New Orleans. It's It's been a minute since we had three in a row. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it's a good time to, to be flying high, feeling good. I'm trying to talk Graf off a ledge here. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give Graf reason to not have his head in his hands just drinking coffee. Yeah, I mean, let's let's look at tonight as an opportunity to, again, prove back up what the Pelicans have done lately show that you can beat, you know, one of the elite teams. I think what a lot of people would consider either them or Milwaukee to be the best team in the NBA right now. So this is a chance to, to post another win, keep your winning streak going and do it in impressive, impressive fashion. And also, uh, you know, I actually had this conversation with Graf earlier today and I want to warn him. If you're listening right now, you can maybe, maybe this is the part where, you know, you, you, you turn off the show and you do something else because yeah, pace. Graf Graf was getting on me because I mentioned in five things to know this morning that the Pelicans are in fifth place in the Western Conference and Graf is very jumpy, nervous, superstitious, neurotic about looking at the standings too early in the season. So that's why I said that I gave the the warning, the caution to him to not listen to the end of this show. But <laughs> just briefly, um, Pelicans are in fifth place. They're actually only one game out of first. So I know that it's November 18th, and let's not yeah. go crazy. Be with, a lot of bunching together yeah, right now, but still. The standings are subject to change, I would yes. say, <laughs> yeah, is a good yeah. way to put it, with you know 65 games yeah, left TBD. in the season. But nonetheless, um, if the Pelicans beat Boston Friday night, they're guaranteed to be moving up at least a spot or two because the uh, Utah Jazz are fourth place right now, and they have a back-to-back this weekend where they play Phoenix, which is in second place Friday night, and then they play first place Portland on okay. Saturday. And I, I'm no expert, but I can guarantee that since there's no ties in basketball, that that yeah. means that some of those some, teams are going to lose. Will lose. Yeah. So again, this is a the ch- a chance for New Orleans to move up, and I mean, people can make their own decisions on how much they want to pay attention to the standings this early in the year. I don't blame anyone for being like Jim. You're you're losing me right now with your insane talk. But I, I think I still think it's fun to look Isn't at. It's fun to have fun, people. Isn't it yes, fun exactly. to have fun sometimes? Every now and then, ride the high instead of wondering how it's going to come crashing down. Well, we might be lower later. Well, right now we're number and, five. And, and even more. Good. And even more to that point, they were three and twelve a year ago through fifteen games. Exactly. So I think for me, from my perspective, that's another reason why. I like to take a little peek at the standings and be like, "Hey, this is this is pretty good to be in fifth place." Yeah, yeah, it's a pers- it's a perspective thing. Don't yuck our yum here on the podcast. Jim is bringing some sunshine and rainbows <laughs> to the podcast today. Uh, I I I for one am looking forward to the game tonight. Uh, again, it's going to be a huge test, and my fingers are crossed. We do not know as of right now whether Zion's going to play or not as we record this podcast. But, uh, man, would it be a boost if he is there. If not, Pelican's been playing well, uh, surprisingly, without him. So, you know, you, you never know. It's, 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 I'm not going to say you don't need Zion. Like, he's not a great piece, but Pelican's been playing well without him. Yeah, I mean, they're showing the roster depth. We talked about it a lot during the offseason about how deep this team is. We've had several offseasons in the past where we've also been very optimistic about how deep the team is, and then the season starts, and it's like, well, maybe it's not as deep as we thought. Yeah, we thought but, so. But this year, I mean – through the first 15 games it's it's legit it, yeah. they've shown over and over again 
through multiple situations and various circumstances with different combinations of guys out, but they can still win and they can still beat quality teams even if they don't have some of their main guys. Yeah, and especially as we, as we talked about with uh, with Will, with Trey coming on a little bit, with CJ finding his groove again. Uh, it's it's going to be a great game. Get your buttocks in the seats. Uh, we are the Pelicans Podcast, presented as always by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, and that is my man, Jim Eichenhofer. Thank you for listening to us. Tell your friends and pals. Pels, Celtics, tonight at the Smoothie King Center. We will be talking to you again on Monday. And until then, go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.